Key Brian Hayes had a wonderful 2023 where he started to show some real life with the offense. We know the defense will be there, but can he become a two-way star? You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to that Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. My name is, of course, Ethan Smith. To my right, as always, every Monday is Gary Morgan joining us on Monday, February 19th. And folks, um, I woke up this morning and realized something. We have baseball this week. There are actual games that are going to be played this week, I believe. Yes, yes. Saturday is it Friday or Saturday? Don't remember which one. I think it's Saturday. Either or. There's baseball this week. The player preview series is pretty much about to come to a close this week. We're talking about Key Brian Hayes today. And then of course we'll get to what we're talking about the rest of the week here as the show progresses. Don't forget to follow the show, of course, on Twitter at Locked On Pirates, where you guys had a lot of fun with that picture I sent of Andrew McCutcheon and O'Neill Cruz. Uh, some of those comments were just a little little too over the edge for me, so I did kind of like mute it, It's but it's fine. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We'll always let you guys know about that. We'll talk about them later. But again, we're talking about Key Brian Hayes today, Gary, and I have the jersey behind me. I didn't wear it, but I have the jersey behind me. Last year was a very interesting season overall for Key Brian Hayes just because, of course, at the beginning, was performing well defensively. Still wanted to see a little bit more from the offense. He then deals with that injury. We see Jared Triolo come in and have a lot of success at that position. And a lot of people were wondering, hey, like maybe we'll just start this Triolo guy at third base. Hayes comes back and said, nah, none of that. Key Brian Hayes last year, I mean, just a, to a glance, 271 average, 15 home runs, 762 OPS, had a phenomenal final two months of the season. You joked with me and I joked with everybody on my show that the only reason he won a gold glove, which we'll talk about in the second segment, was because he finally hit for the average that it is warranted for the award, for a defensive award, mind you. But Key Brian Hayes enters 2024 coming off of a season like this, and it got me thinking. You have the Manny Machados of the world, and the Nolan Arenados of the world, and even the Austin Rileys of the world that are just very good players all around at third base. And I wanted to ask a question to you and of course the audience and kind of maybe answer this question. Does he take the next step into becoming a two-way star this year? I mean, it's kind of hard for him not to, I would think if he comes into the season completely healthy and does anything remotely to what he did in the final two months. But I think it's a fun question to ask because I think it's an attainable goal for a guy like he Brian Hayes. I think it is. You think it is. A lot of fans think it is. A lot of projections don't. I mean, most of the ones that I've looked at, like Zips, you know, they, they have him hitting fewer home runs next year than he hit this year. Baseball reference projections have him hitting fewer home runs this year than he did last year. His OPS going down pretty much across the board. Uh, and they have him projected as fully healthy. Um, 
whatever it is, they're not seeing it. So, uh, or they're not taking those two months as gospel. And mm -hmm. we are, you know. Um, the truth is probably somewhere in between there. I think he probably adds a little bit of power. I think I think Cabrian can hit over 20 home runs in this league. And if he does that, he's a markedly better player than than he is seen as universally. And, and you'll start seeing him wind up on those top 10 lists of third mm -hmm. baseman. It's ridiculous that somebody wins the gold glove and hits to the level he did last year, and he can't even get on a top 10 list for third baseman. It's pretty crazy. But um, you look at the list, and really, you don't start arguing it. Even as a big fan, you don't start arguing it till you get to like eight or nine. Then yeah. you're like, okay, now he's better than that guy. You know, <laughs> like that's where that's where it's at, man. He's he he did some stuff that's positive last year. This is a prove it year, big time. What are you gonna be now, Cabrian? Yeah, and I think that's very important for a guy that was at one point the highest paid player that the Pirates had ever extended before and has that lengthy extension. And I've I've spoken about Key Brian Hayes at length and, a, and that contract really at length, that if he really does like become what he was in the second half of the year last year, you're talking about one of the best steals in all of baseball for that contract that he has. And, I mean, you look at some of the stuff that he did well last year, and I looked at it right before we started recording. I mean, you're talking about a kid – that was in the 80th percentile on expected batting average. His expected batting average was supposed to be better than it was, like actually was. His expected slugging was actually pretty good as well. His average exit velocity was in the 93rd percentile at 92.2 miles per hour. He was hard hitting the ball all the time, 48.3% in the 85th percentile. And really, he didn't whiff or strike out all that much either. He didn't walk a ton. But he also wasn't a guy that you look at to say, oh, yeah, he has a strikeout problem. He did. Right. <laughs> now I don't think that's as much of an issue. Obviously, 99th percentile and outs above average. We'll talk about that in the second segment. But, again, those are numbers that you look at versus the other years that he had, especially the average exit velocity that Warren say. I mean, if he's hitting the ball that hard, good things are bound to happen. And I think that's perfectly fine to say. Right. I think that's really what a lot of our faith was based in last year. You know, um, mm. Michael on our site wrote a whole piece about being a caliber, you know, at the time. And, and the reason was that exit velocity. And we've heard uh, Josh Booth on his podcast talk about it. The Bridge to Bucktober has talked about it. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, people trying to look at that hard hit rate and, and kind of equate it to things are going to come around for this guy. And and I think the BABIP was historically low and all of a sudden that kind of turned around towards the end of the year, but you make your own luck in baseball. He was able to change the plane that the ball was leaving his bat a whole lot in that last couple months. And it changed the game for him. So if he's yeah. able to stick with that, that's great. My biggest concern with Cabrian Hayes is how often he doesn't hold his own fixes over an offseason. You know, I've seen him fix things year after year after year. And then when he comes back, the same problems have cropped up again. So that's what I need to see from Cabrian Hayes is put together a season where I don't need to watch you relearn what you did to fix things for two, three months. 
Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, you want him to really the perfect world here for Key Brian Hayes. And if he's ready to become a two-way star, would be for him to even have a fraction of the offensive production that he had in the final two months right away. We don't need to see you go, oh, for like 17 or something to start the year or like hitting the low 240s to start the year. We want to see you get off to a hot start and do the things that you were doing last year. And I do find it interesting too now that having this conversation is a real conversation. I talked about O'Neal Cruz potentially taking his next step as well, although we have a lot of things we still need to see from him for him to do so. And I think it's okay to say that about Key Brian Hayes. I think there's still a lot of things that Key Brian Hayes has to prove for me, like us to truly say that he's a two-way star. I know he finally got the gold glove band-aid ripped off, and that's great. But he's also a guy, I think, that with the right performance, especially offensively, I think he could win a silver slugger in this league if he really hits 20 home runs and hits in the 260, 270 range, especially yeah. with his defense. Yeah, I would say the gold glove was a, a nice acknowledgement of what he's done with the glove. And we already talked about, you made a joke already, that we talked about the bat got him the, the gold glove, right? And and it did. I, I think if he wants to keep it and like have it be a perennial award that he takes home, then you know he's going to have to at least be comparable with Austin Riley because that's his next competition. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you know, now that Arenado doesn't have the Gold Glove Award basically locked in St. Louis, they're going to want to give it to everybody else. They're going to want it. I mean, they're going to want to give it to somebody else until, unless Key Brian Hayes has another solid defensive year, which he he will. I don't think there's anybody thinking that he won't. But can he win back-to-back Gold Glove Awards? And who is his competition? And all that other stuff. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But before we do. We're going to talk about FanDuel. <clears throat> FanDuel, folks, is here for you for all of your sports betting needs, as always, because you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet that wins. That's $150 if your bet wins, and you can bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Hopefully none of you vote or bet on that All-Star game last night because if you did, man, I, I don't know what to tell you. So just visit FanDuel.com slash on and shoot your shot today because FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA and an official sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. And also, don't forget, folks, that Locked On has launched the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube and is now available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So find Locked On Sports Today now, available on the free Fire TV channels app and, of course, YouTube. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. Again, my name is Ethan Smith. That is Gary Morgan joining me on Monday, February 19th, the last full week that we will not have baseball for quite a while. 
<laughs> I will just say that. I don't know the exact math, so I'm not going to try to make up the exact math. And another thing that I'm not going to ever try to make up the exact math for is how key Brian Hayes is so good with a glove in his hand. I, I don't know how he does it. I, I mean, we've seen things from this kid already that could go down as like some of the best defensive plays in like Pirates history. We've seen the highlights of him in St. Louis nearly in the stands throwing out Yadier Molina. We've seen him just make crazy plays look effortless. And I think that's something that gets really lost with Key Brian Hayes is he's just so good defensively that some of these plays like where people are like, why is Greg Brown flipping out that Key Brian Hayes made this crazy or this play that's not even all that crazy? Chances are it probably was a crazy play and he's just making it look easy. And you mentioned again with the Gold Glove Award last year, it was good that he finally got the acknowledgement of winning the award, and it's a great thing. It was it was bound to happen eventually. He has competition, though. Folks, Nolan Arenado isn't gone. <laughs> He's still a baseball player. He could still win this award. You have Austin Riley. You have Manny Machado. And there's probably other guys in there, too. So what do you think Hayes has to do to go back-to-back? I mean, he has he has to do something to go back to back. I just don't. He's really got to be himself in the field, and he's got to hit. Got to hit. Mm-hmm. Has to be at least a threat when he, you know, when he's in the lineup, and and I think his numbers have to be at least you know above league average. You know, I, I think that's what you got to do. Austin Riley is going to be one of the bigger offensive threats at at third base, and defensively, man, he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. He really is. I I actually yeah. could have made an argument for him last year. And like if I didn't just think it was straight up Cabrian's time after Arenado, I may have, you know, made a little bit of an argument. Cabrian was better than him on all the metrics, no doubt. No doubt. But he wasn't so much better than than yeah. him that Austin Riley couldn't hit his way into winning that competition next year. So yeah. I, I think he's got to at least just keep pace. Well, and a lot of people also, uh, with, well, with Austin Riley for a minute, a lot of people will also use the argument of, oh, well, I don't think there's too many people out there this year that are going to try to make the argument that the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to be better than the Atlanta Braves. I don't think too many people are going to try to make that argument. I'm I'm sorry if that hurts anybody to hear that, but I, I don't think that Pittsburgh on paper is better than Atlanta right now. Some people will try to use the argument that if that's the case and their stats are relatively comparable, a lot of people will make the case of, well, the team's winning around him and his outs above average is helping the team win. That's true. But the Gold Glove Award, I also think, is an award that you see more often given out to te- like players that are on teams that are not as competitive. I think it's the one award where you do see it. You don't really see it that much with the Cy Young. You don't see it all that much with MVP unless it was Mike Trout or Shohei Otani. Right. You don't, but you don't see it as much with like any of the other awards. So for Key Brian, I don't think the winning aspect really has all that much to do with it. I think it's individual performance. Now, obviously, with Key Brian Hayes, I think it's almost like TJ Watt with sacks at this point. It's with the outs above average. It's like, is he going to have a higher outs above average again? You always would like to see that happen. I think it's a fun little thing to like chronicle if he continues to raise that number. 
that number is also indicative and it's it's a number that's compiled differently than a lot of other numbers that you're going to talk about in baseball. So it is kind of hard to figure out sometimes, like how is this guy a plus outs above average player or negative outs above average player? They're all flawed in some way, shape or form. Um, Most of these advanced stats are, they have biases built into them and, and Mm -hmm. certain weights that, that go to certain places that others don't. And yeah, um, it's, it is a lot. It's a good comp actually with, with, the TJ Watt and Miles Garrett situation because it, you know, PFF is no different than zips. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a formula, a set of stats, things they want to look at, a way that they come up with, you know, criteria. It's all up to those individual companies and how those individual companies are taken seriously. Well, that depends on who takes them seriously. And yeah, I personally don't take many of them seriously, but. Um, the advanced stats, the way they're compiled, hmm, baseball's kind of adopting them. I mean, a lot of them are are starting to translate over, and they do mean more now. I don't think that outs above average or defensive run save is going to necessarily decide who the, the gold glover is. Yeah. Um, if it was going to, Cabrian would have won his third last year. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just... Let's just not worry about that so much. Um, a good year from him, I think it's his to lose. That's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, and I and I think that's the case as well with him winning a back-to-back Gold Glove. Is he's won it? He won it last year. It's his award currently right now. His play will dictate if he loses it or not. Realistically, I don't think the play of unless somebody else like just downright outplays him, then that's fine. Like if he has a very good year. And you look around and for instance, again, you say Austin Riley just has better statistics than him across the board. You can't really get mad about that all that much. But if it's like air apparent and clear that he Brian Hayes defensively has like all the defensive metrics and he's hitting well and he's doing everything else that he needs to be doing. I see no reason why he can't win a back to back old love awards. And honestly, there's a lot of people out there that even think he might go on a Nolan Arenado type run with this award where he could win it year in and year out. I do think now, and this is what I always preface with the Nolan Arenado thing, sorry, Locked On Cardinals, J.D. Hafron, and that whole podcast. If we're being very transparent here about Nolan Arenado's gold glove run, he didn't have all that much competition at third base. I'm just going to be honest with you. Really, the only people that can like the only team or player that can come to my mind is Machado in his time that he had. But even Machado wasn't there, and in the uh, he didn't get to the National League until later. And other than that, there just wasn't really anybody to fight for it. Now you have Arenado, Machado, Riley, and Hayes, and I mean, I believe Ryan McMahon is even a guy that gets up there pretty easily from Colorado. Yeah, that are all guys that I put. McMahon above Machado for sure. Um, yeah. Machado is probably the most talented, I would say, out of all of them. It, the the most effortless fielder, at least mm-hmm. in his heyday. Yeah, but he's never really took advantage of it because he's not the worker that Arenado or yeah. Hayes is, for that matter, or Austin Riley. If you remember how he was when he first started, he was a real question mark as to whether he was going to stick at third base, and he, to his credit has become a very, very good fielding 
third baseman. Chapman is another really good one. Um, you know that I mean, he hasn't signed right now. So no. <laughs> still just still just hanging out. Yeah. Um, but he's another really, really good fielder. So you could see him, you know, probably stepping into some kind of a competition depending on which league he ends up in. But it is what it is. I, I think these advanced stats, they, they fail players like Cabrian Hayes on, on occasion. And what I mean by that is nobody's really come up with a really good way to quantify um, how a guy makes a play look easy. Yeah. Like um, there's something that may be really difficult for one third baseman to get to. And Cabrian Hayes is just so superior about his positioning and his first step in his release that he makes it look routine and he doesn't get extra credit for it. You know, there's no bead of sweat on his forehead. So he didn't work hard. You get what I mean? And I think that's something that advanced stats have a hard time portraying, understanding, quantifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's something that is willing to look at and maybe eventually we'll have it, but also Gary, we're going to talk about in the final segment, some expectations for key Brian Hayes, realistic expectations that I think we can expect. And for what can we can expect? There we go from key Brian Hayes. But before we do that, we're going to talk about eBay motors. eBay motors has millions of parts for your MVP ride because you can win every time with parts that fit for your ride because passion drive and patience are what brings home the winning trophy and also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because eBay Motors, with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. So with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. And some uh, breaking news, I guess. Not for the Pirates, though. Uh, Brandon Woodruff is back in Milwaukee. That's fun. Somebody that I wanted the Pirates to potentially dabble in, even though I believe he's not pitching this year. That is correct. He might pitch like towards the second half of the season at some point. But little in in division stuff going on. Still think it's absolutely hilarious that the Cubs have done absolutely nothing. I know this is like – Outside of getting Craig Council, but different topic for a different day. Uh, Key Brian Hayes, though, we've already talked about his defense. We've talked about the potential of him becoming a two-way star and what he has to do to do it. Now we talk about expectations, and I've been talking about expectations a lot on this uh, show for the player preview series, and a lot of people have seemed to really like the expectations that I have for a lot of these guys. Like, for instance – on my Friday show, I brought up that O'Neill Cruz could be a 30-30 player this year, but I don't expect it, but I think he'll flirt with it. That was my realistic ex- uh, expectation for that, is I think he'll hit above 20 home runs, and I think he'll steal more than 20 bases. I can't confidently say that he'll do 30. 
Hayes is kind of on the same thing with me with the expectations, not as far as being a 30-30 player, but I don't think a lot of people would be shocked if he hit over 20 home runs. And I don't think a lot of people would be shocked if he doesn't really. I think it's, it's not something that I can confidently sit here and say, expect key Brian Hayes to hit 20 home runs. I, I just don't think it's something I can confidently say just yet because of what we talked about earlier. I need to see you translate what you did last year to this season again. Well, the hardest expectation of all with Brian Hayes is how many games is he going to play? Yeah. He's never played more than 136, and um, that was in 2022. Uh, after they started trying to manage his back actively last year, um, and I know for a fact they're doing that again this year, uh, which pretty much guaranteed Jared Trill is making the team, FYI. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> Brian Hayes, just in case people are guessing about whether Trill is making the team or not, he will. There, there's a big reason why right there. I expect him to probably play 120 games, 115 games. I don't think this is going to be a guy that's going to play 130, 140 games for you. I think you're going to have to manage his back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we'll see them do that. So for me to go out and say, is he going to hit 20 home runs? I don't know. That's yeah. not a lot of games to do that in, you know? So I think, I'll stick with 15 and I'll be happy if he gets above that and, and hits for a pretty decent average. Yeah. And I mean, if you're looking at key Brian Hayes and what you expect from him this season, and you just in, in theory, take every single number that he had last year and he just replicates that across the board. I think everybody would be fine. I don't think anybody would have anything to worry about if he hits 271 again with 15 homers and a 762 OPS. Yeah. I don't think anybody would be, even if he hits in the two. It's important to note that he may not be required to be what he has been in this lineup either this year. You know, we were seeing him hit cleanup and lead off and, you know, he's probably not going to do that this year. No, no Cruz is probably going to hit lead off or cleanup. You know, he's going to move down in the lineup. I would imagine. And, uh, they, they've probably got five or six strong, I would think, that, that are that are better bets to hit in the top of the order than him. So he may be asked to do a little less, and therefore the little less that he does may look bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, if those put those kind of numbers in the six or seven hole are a lot sexier than somebody doing it at the leadoff or cleanup role, right? Yeah. Well, and... and- the rest of the player preview series that I'm doing is going to kind of highlight this about this lineup. And I, I love that point. I don't think key Brian Hayes has to be a crazy bat in this lineup this year. I mean, you have Reynolds, you have Sawinski, you have Telez who offers plus power. You have O'Neill Cruz coming back. You have Leover Piguero as of right now, you have Henry Davis, who's a guy that a lot of people expect to take that step. You're looking at, Edward Oliveras, potentially, who's a guy who could hit 20-plus home runs in the outfield. Hayes isn't going to be asked to really do all that much, I don't think. And then you're not really asking him to – and you're not paying him either. I always like to say this. You're not only not asking him, but you're not also paying him to be a superstar. You're right. paying him to be a strong defensive third baseman that's going to occasionally hit home runs and look good while doing it. And that's I what still he's think hit. there's – I still think there's something to be said for, you know, 
his ability to carry the team on occasion. Mm-hmm. I I think they have a lot of guys with that kind of DNA in them right now. And when you have five or six of those guys, as opposed to two or three of those guys, what well, stands to reason that every once in a while, some of them are going to time up together and, and that's really going to set your offense up, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, there, there are good things here that come from less than overall beautiful numbers. You know, it's the little stretches where he can take over the game, you know, for a week or two at a time. And nobody wants to pitch to Cabrian Hayes. That that's how you know that he's changed. And he's a guy last year that had spurts where nobody wanted to face him. No. When when you have guys like that, even if they're not consistent, they still put the fear of God into pitchers. And that's what you hope for with, with Cabrian Hayes. And the Pirates have a lot of players like that, I, I think. You have, like, Jack Sawinski. There are definitely times with him where you don't want to face him. And it's good to have multiple guys in the lineup like that. And, folks, we're going to be talking about some more of those guys throughout the week. We're going to be talking about Brian Reynolds on tomorrow's show and what his 2024 could look like. Jack Sawinski will be on Wednesday. We're going to talk about the right field battle on Thursday and then a whole bunch of stuff about prospects on Friday, about which prospects you guys should be watching for that are kind of not the prospects that I've already talked about. I'm going to talk about those guys too, but not the ones that I've already talked about as much and the ones that you might be shocked to see that might actually do some really good things. Now, obviously this week, five days a week again, Guys, make sure you guys check out Gary Morgan over the Pirates Fan Forum. That show will be live on Thursday. He also has Five Thoughts at Five coming out today at, well, five. Um, Ish. (laughs) Ish, yeah. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked on Pirates for all of your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates. But until then, folks, for our next episode, my name's Ethan, that's Gary, and I'll see you on the flip side.